Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Cool. Would you like to eat your crow now? Or would you like to save it for the end of the season? We are we having crow for Thanksgiving, Tyler? I love like a nice poultry, some stuffing, some mashed potatoes. That sounds really good. I'd like to take you back to the preseason, Michael. It was a it was a it was a fine time. It was a it was a simpler time in our lives. It was a, it was a simpler time. And I said something about a beautiful twenty year old man that he could shoot 45% from the field and 80% from the line. And you laughed and said there was no way that was going to happen. He is now shooting after 16 games, 49.5% from the field and 81.7% from the line. And is absolutely destroying everyone after dropping 41 on the Rockets. Luka Doncic like to- is on fire. Like you're not, you're certainly not wrong. 16 games is not a small sample size. It's it's not a large sample size. It's not probably, in my opinion, an adequate adequate sample size, but it is not a small, it's not a small sample size. The field goal percentage feels a little high, but the free throw percentage feels real because he is shooting about nine a game. And I feel like that's a pretty good sample size. And I mean we talked about this at the you know at the beginning of the year that basically he stunk last year and that free throw percentage got torn down a lot by you know the end of the season when he was a little banged up and a little bit out of gas but for the two years before that when he played for real madrid he was basically an 80 percent free throw shooter and so for people to think that you know it was he was always going to be 70 percent just wasn't realistic and he could even get a little better than that i think going forward and maybe not this year you know he might hover right around that kind of 81 to 82 percent range you know maybe as low as 80 but i think he could get that up to like 85 when he reaches his prime because man this kid he can just do a little bit of everything and that game against the rockets if anyone caught it was he kind of let out all the tricks in that one right he was doing the floaters he hit a lot of step back threes he posted up austin rivers a couple times and just made him look real bad so yeah he had it kind of all going and he's super hot right now so yeah, it's been really fun to watch. I wouldn't really consider Luca a sell high candidate because I think like while that game against Houston shot fifty almost fifty two percent, he had forty one points, ten assists, six rebounds. Luka Doncic is he's killing shit. He's probably going to be a top ten player. Might be a top five player by the end of the year. I do think that field goal percentage does sneak down closer to maybe like forty seven. 46 by the end of the year, but he's taking 20 shots a game. He's making a ton. He's almost averaging a 30 point, 30 points, 10 and 10. Like, I don't know what to say about him other than he is a, he's a top tier player. You thought he could become a top tier player. It happened a lot quicker than I thought it was going to. And unless you're going to get like James Harden, I don't know why you would try to move Luka Doncic for really anyone uh, outside of the top five, unless you're like in a very deep league and your team is super shallow and you could get back like a second round, third round, fourth round, like big group of players 
that would make you technically better. Even then, I, I don't know because you're getting so much good statistics from one guy. You were right, Tyler. He's good. And and the big difference is, you know, he's getting to the to the rim anytime he wants. You know, he's shooting five percent more of his field goal attempts at the rim this year, and he's hitting them at a at a really high rate too. So obviously, you know, that's boosting his field goal percentage a lot. So yeah, the field goal percentage is somewhat real. I mean, you're right, like 49% might not stick, but it's going to be 46, 47, I think, because he just made such a big change of, and if you look at his season shot chart, which you can look at on NBA stats, um, he had made 14 shots going into the game against Houston that were outside the paint or beyond the three-point line. So he basically just isn't shooting those. And like the, even the misses, they were, you know, like somewhere in the 10 to 15 range. Obviously they, they just played on Sunday. So that changed things a little bit, but yeah, so he basically eliminated all mid range shots and it's either in the paint or beyond three point line. So I would say that the, even the field goal percentage is somewhat real and yeah, he's just phenomenal. I take some notes, everybody. I think uh, we, that is one of the big surprises here. Going into week six is that Luka Doncic is for real top five player is is now probably going to be a just annual first round pick if not you know one of the so maybe he might be someone who enters the discussion of being a number one pick overall in his third year playing and you know we're a little light on I would say stuff to talk about for week six because week six is Thanksgiving no games are played. On Thursday, and it is very similar to week five, where they're Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You got 11, 14, and 13 games. A ton of games on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Very few games on uh, Tuesday, just two. Zero, obviously, on Thursday. Four on Saturday. Nine on Sunday. It's kind of weird. So let's let's talk about a little bit more about some of the, I guess, players that are recently streaking up the rankings and i'm gonna i i want to talk about somebody who's also on dallas what do you think about tim hardaway jr's uh, recent run of play he's pretty good pretty good so far but he's not a good player we know that oh this is tim hardaway jr in a nutshell and it it was weird in this sense right so seth curry got sick and there was no real word on what what ailed him but i'm guessing he got the flu or something so he missed two games and Dallas decided to start Tim Hardaway, and Tim Hardaway went off. And that shouldn't be surprising to anyone because anyone who's followed Tim Hardaway's career, even somewhat closely, knows that he's a very streaky player. He's always been a very streaky player. He has, you know, hot stretches where he's getting, you know, 20, 25, 30 point games. And then there's the stretch where he gets 10 points for two weeks, and that's what puts him at 15 for the season, right? So, yeah, that, he's just in one of his hot stretches right now. And Curry came back on Sunday against the Rockets. And Dallas and Coach Carlisle decided to start him anyways because he's been playing so well and he had another 30-point game. So I would assume he will start on Tuesday against the Clippers. I mean, you can ride the hot hand, but it's going to end poorly. And if you've ever watched Tim Hardaway Jr. play, you'd know why. Because a lot of his shots are pull-ups right like he just grabs the ball and pulls up and shoots and a lot of his shots he doesn't mind if someone is guarding him or someone's right up in his face so they're most of his attempts are difficult shots to make and even the best players in the nba don't make difficult shots at a very high percentage so 
yeah, I mean, you can enjoy it while it lasts, but I would expect that there's going to be some rough times ahead for Tim Hardaway Jr. fantasy owners. Yeah, this is like a ride the hot streak kind of player. You're just not – come on. Like he's, We all know what you're going to get out of him. He is streaky, and I think we all know that he is not someone you want to just roster full-time. Moving forward, moving ahead into week – is it week six already? Wow. Week six. Let's talk about the often injured Golden State Warriors. Let's talk about I got, them. I got a couple stats on Hardaway Jr. if you want to oh, hear Oh, go them. ahead. Yeah, I want to hear them. So there was a three-game stretch at the beginning of last year. They were the 16th, 17th, and 18th games for the Knicks where he shot. He averaged 31.3 points a game on 45% shooting, and he was basically just chucking up everything. He scored 30, 32, and 32 in three straight games. And it is literally like if you just go through every season that he's played, he has like a three-game stretch where he just goes ham and he go, scoring like crazy. And this is probably the one for this year. So even riding the hot stretch, like after the 30, 32, and 32, he was 21, 7, and then 22, and then 19, and then 5. And that's the Tim Hardaway Jr. experience in a nutshell, like, He's going to take a bunch of shots and there's going to be plenty of nights where almost none go in because he shoots 40% from the field. That's that sounds a lot like Tim Hardaway Jr. Certainly. So like I, I you know, uh, buy with caution in my opinion, but I want I wanted to also talk about the Golden State Warriors and the often injured Golden State Warriors, the very suspicious, questionable starts for Draymond Green. What does that mean moving forward? We know we have D'Angelo Russell out with five, six games. That's probably going to linger. Draymond Green's going to linger. Should you be selling any of those main Golden State Warriors like D'Angelo or Draymond for whatever you can get? I, we no, don't normally suggest selling low, but at this point, I don't know if I can trust the Golden State Warriors moving forward this year playing their their superstars not at least until like clay's back or curry's back in like february or march and i don't even know if they're going to come back because if they're not in the playoff race why would they bother i i think in the long-term injury sense right so for like clay thompson i think the holding porzingis out right so porzingis had the acl just like thompson holding him out for 20 months and letting him you know kind of work on stabilizing his muscles and things like that is a positive for his long-term health probably. But there was been some significant rust at the beginning of the season, and he's actually finally just starting to turn a corner and look healthy and be comfortable attacking the basket again. So I wouldn't be surprised if Thompson, if Thompson was healthy enough that they put him out there. Now, his is a little bit different because he actually tore it in the playoffs. So he could miss the entire season. Like I would not be at all surprised if he did. But if he's fully healthy – they probably want to put him out there for the last few games just to get some of that rust off, to get him a few games, to let him know that he can still shoot and do those things. Here's the other thing, too, and this will be interesting to see. They're 3-14 and 14 right now. They are already five and a half games out of the eighth playoff spot. If they keep up with the nefarious activities of just sitting some of these guys when they have a very minor injury. They could fall way back really fast, right? Like the next worst team has five wins. That's Portland at five and 12. And then there's two teams at five and 10. So at some point you're so far back, you can't catch anybody. And then if your guys are healthy, why would you not just let them play? 
You know what I mean? Because like you can only get so many ping pong balls, and with the way they flatten out the lottery too, you're not gaining that large of a percentage ahead of the next team by beating them. So I, I don't really get their whole strategy of sitting these guys when they're healthy. So I think maybe once D'Angelo Russell gets healthy, they play Draymond and him and just see what happens. So no, I don't think I want to sell super super low. Like right now, what's the best offer I can get for Draymond Green? Like a top. 60 player barely yeah, maybe I, maybe if that that's what i mean so i think i'll just hold draymond and hope he's fine you know that they just let him play and the same thing with d'angelo russell like i think d'angelo russell is going to be really good when he plays the question is how much does he play and i mean i think that he gets over this thumb injury he should be fine right it's just they they gotta actually want to sh- run him out there yeah he should be right and so like I would, at this point, like selling low is a bad idea. I, I think though, like at some point you're going to have to like come to terms with like, I, we don't know what's going to happen here. And each, each person who happens to be rostering these Golden State Warriors, especially the, the guys you drafted, I'm not talking about like Alec Burks, who probably should be rostered in standard leagues or, uh, you know, maybe even streaming Willie Colley Stein, you know, he's pretty decent getting your, getting you a steal and a block. Yeah. I've been streaming three other guys. When, when everyone's out, Burks, Glenn Robinson, and Willie Colley-Stein are all streamable when they're the three top offensive options on the team. Like, those guys are definitely streamable. They're definitely playable. I don't know if they're rosterable. Uh, rosterable. Rosterable. I don't know if they're rosterable either. I don't know if they listen to Rasta music at all. But Alec Burks, probably the most consistent value there with depending on who is out for the golden state warriors i just don't know how long if i'm just treading water or not even treading water if i'm underwater with you know draymond green on my team i might have to move him just to get to keep above water or get back up above 50 percent. if here in a couple weeks they're still just sitting them out every two games oh and there's a lot of guys like this right like i'll throw out our name enos Cantor. right we all thought enos Cantor was going to be good and we've seen throughout the last what 10 years that Enos Cantor needs like 25 minutes a game to be good and he's only getting 15 minutes a game right now and so you're kind of in that in a 10 team league I think you just cut because like you can probably find someone fairly good in a 12 or 14 team league though like Enos Cantor is not helping you that much but at the same time like you know he can be a top 75 player if he's just getting five or ten more minutes a game so you know that can that whole headache comes in there of like well do i just cut this guy and hope someone probably not that good on the waiver wire just keeps being fairly good or do i hold out for a much greater value and that might come and it might not so i think we see those conundrums you know every day in in fantasy basketball and i actually cut in this canter in a couple leagues because like listen man you're killing me right now You're, you're killing me you're playing 15 minutes a game like no one's good in 15 minutes a game. Depending on your league, like uh, you're going to have to make those decisions for yourself. But uh, we're obviously here to help. And you always ask for us for advice on Twitter at WatchTheBoxes, at Tyler P. Watts. Or you can subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash watchingtheboxes. All great ways to get a hold of us when it comes to advice like this. If you've got questions about any of the goings-on right now, in your fantasy leagues, especially with players who are just not panning out the way they, uh, we thought they were going to. It's going to be different per league, whether or not you just drop a guy and, and move on. But like, I feel like Enos Cantor is definitely one of those guys that are pretty droppable and move onable. 
in standard standard leagues. You're just you're just gonna have to do it. Week six is upon us, and Tyler, you've once again written a very good article on hashtag basketball.com. And week six is like once again just a bad streaming week. You know, we, we have a ton of teams playing four times. But then that makes it worse, right? Because yeah. there's there's a there's only six game days with Thursday being off for Thanksgiving. So now there's all these teams playing a ton of games, all these teams playing four games, and there's all these teams, right, funneled into one less day. So that's what makes three huge game days and actually four huge game days. And so yeah, the, the weekly streaming is not great this week, and neither is the daily streaming. So it's a, just a rough week and I actually made this point in the article, but I think it's worth mentioning here. Like if you lose this week, I wouldn't really worry about it in my head to head league. Like I'd just be like, okay, what happens? Especially if you got guys like, you know, maybe you have Nikola Jokic or James Harden, like Devin Booker, those guys only played twice this week. So most people are going to be starting everybody with four games. This There's 19 teams that play four times. So everybody in their lineups probably going to play four times in a weekly league. So yeah, James Harden can go off for two awesome games, but you know, if someone else is playing four and he, even if he averages 40 points a game, like the other person only has to average 20 to, to put up just as many points as him. So yeah. So it's going to be a rough week for some people. And obviously, you know, some of those names I mentioned are, you know, top 10, top five, top 20 players. So yeah, if you lose, I wouldn't super worry about it. You got to just try to make the best of your roster. And I made this case in it too. Like, you know, Harden, Jokic, Booker, Westbrook, Capella, those are the only surefire guys I'm starting with two games. Like even guys like Jamal Murray, I'd look at someone playing four games probably over Jamal Murray. And it would obviously depend on how deep my league is and who was available on the waiver wire and on my bench. But even Jamal Murray, like, you know, you got a four game guy like Alec Burks, he might put up more points than Jamal Murray. And he's going to play, I mean, if he's going to play more games, it's as simple, simple as math. We do have a nice list of players here. Once again, Marco Fultz is on that list for streaming, not streaming, just rostering this week in a weekly league, getting him on there. If you, if you, if you need someone to play, surprisingly, Marco Fultz is only rostered in 28% of leagues still. That, that's baffling to me. Nerlens Noel, another. Oh, you going to give away my sneaky Markel Fultz stat I put in there? Let's hear it. He's only averaging 25 minutes a game in his nine starts. So that doesn't sound great, but in 25 minutes a game, in those nine starts, he's averaging 1.8 steals per game. So uh, a potentially elite steals guy just sitting there on your waiver wire. Like n- no one else is going to average 1.8 steals. There's going to be, what, three, four guys in the NBA that are going to get more than that this season. So yeah, pick up Fultz. We've been talking about that for weeks, but he should definitely be owned, I think. I think he's got to be uh, started to be rostered at this point. I just think it's a, it's a little silly at this point that he's – it might be only played 25 minutes, but he's starting. He's getting the minutes. He's getting the opportunity. He can assist and get you steals. That Those are really, really hard things to come by, especially off the waiver wire. Like, go go get Markel Fultz off your waiver wire. Speaking of the Orlando Magic, Mo Bamba played 21 minutes. Yesterday, Tyler, are you excited about that at all? I'm not as excited, I think, uh, as as you are. You got him on this list as a guy who's going to, you know, play a lot more. And I, I don't know if he can play more than 20 minutes still. I'll see. I, I you you misread the column, Michael, which is something you do rather frequently. I think I don't know how to read, so you know, I'm just guessing up what these words say. 
So we've seen in his limited action, right, because he still has not played that many games in the NBA, that he is a fairly elite blocks player, right? He averaged 1.4 per game in 16 minutes last year. And this season, in 14 minutes a game, he's averaging 1.2. Now, he still only played 60 career games. But now him and Kem Birch appear to be splitting that role. So if he's going to play 20 or 25 minutes a game, that's like 1.7, 1.8 blocks, maybe even two blocks a game. And the rebounding rate is fairly good. I mean, he's averaging per 36, 11 for his career. So... As a blocks and rebound streamer, he might be the best one available on the waiver wire, even if you tell me he's only going to play 20 minutes four times this week. That's pretty good. That's a lot of blocks. Well, you're comparing him to guys like, as far as waiver wire players, guys like Nerlens Noel, who, how much is Nerlens Noel going to play? Well, he has been playing around 20 minutes a game for the last couple of weeks, but would it surprise you if when Steven Adams you know, gets his legs under him completely, if he's playing 32 and Nerlens Noel's playing 16? It wouldn't surprise me. And the other guys on the waiver wire, like Avika Zubak, who's fine, but like Bamba can do just as good as Zubac, and they're both not going to play that much. So I think Bamba is someone that, that definitely needs to be looked at. And he's another guy who, like, would it shock you if they were just like, all right, well, why don't you play 30 minutes tonight? Like, Kem Birch is fine, and Kem Birch really isn't that old, but if they're going to develop a player, isn't it going to be Mo Bamba? Like, He's 21. He was a lottery pick. And Vucevic is out for the next three weeks. So I don't think he's going to play a ton. But would it surprise me if he did? No, it wouldn't. I I actually think I, I would be surprised. I think if Mo Bamba was going to play more than like around 20 minutes, they would have maybe played him a little bit more before this. I, I just don't know where – it's not out of the realm of possibility, right? But I if I had to put money on, if I had to bank on Mo Bamba – playing one 30-minute game in the next four weeks, I would actually say no. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not thinking that's what's going to happen. But I, I just said it wouldn't surprise me. And, you know, here's the thing. Kem Birch has only played in six games, and one of them was yesterday when Vucevic was out. So he was basically not existent in the rotation, and it was basically Vucevic getting his big minutes and Mo Bamba getting the rest of the minutes. So... Obviously, I think Mo Bamba's kind of ahead of him in that pecking order. At least it would seem that way. But the Magic want to win games. That's something we know. And maybe they don't super trust Mo Bamba to make the right plays and things like that. I don't. I don't really know what the situation is. But yeah, I'm. If you told me what do you think he's gonna play, I think he's gonna average while Vucevic is out somewhere between twenty and twenty-five minutes. Would not surprise me though if he played thirty. I guess that was my point. That's fair. No, I think that's a fair point. I would be surprised. I think you're maybe like, and that's okay to be a little bit more on Mo Bamba than I am. I just not really on Mo Bamba. Let's talk about the Grizzlies because we have a really, really decent schedule for them, including the coveted Sunday, Monday, back-to-back going in two week seven for the Memphis Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks, Jay Crowder, and even, you know, giving a little love for Kyle Anderson in those deeper leagues. I, I, I like all three of those players. I like Dylan Brooks a lot. He's only rostered in 34% of leagues, and I feel like that's a little too, a little too short. Oh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Some of that might be, too. He had a real bad game last week. Sadly, I only know because I was streaming him, and I looked up in, at the box score and thought to myself, oh, man, come on, you kill me there. 
but yeah, he's scoring a lot. You know, he's getting you a couple rebounds, a couple assists, a steal, half a block, which is nice. Some good three pointers. So yeah, I'm a big, big Dylan Brooks proponent, and I've been streaming him in a lot of my leagues. I would rather have him than Jay Crowder. You're right about that. If you need some kind of weird stats too, you could go for Kyle Anderson. And and Tyus Jones is another guy. Like if Tyus Jones is only playing 20 minutes, he's getting you five assists and a steal. Like five assists are are not on the waiver wire very often. So there's someone else to think about. There's a decent amount of assists. Uh, you also got the New York Knicks here on that Sunday, Monday. But beware. Buyer beware because Fizdale loves to fizz right in people's mouths, especially over the holidays. Too bad he is not being fired over this Thanksgiving. Maybe next, maybe Christmas he'll get fired on, on Christmas. A lot of Weirdly, a lot of coaches seem to get fired around the holidays. I know the Bulls have uh, done that before oh, as well. So I, I don't, I, think, I, I can't trust any of these guys. I think you mentioned it though, right? You mentioned it when we, all the way back at the beginning when we were talking about the Luka Doncic thing. Things are starting to become real in the sense that like the small sample size theater part of it goes away. And, you know, after, you know, 20 or 25 games, like you're looking up at your team going, you know, this is what we are. And especially for coaches and rotations, like if you haven't figured it out in 20 or 25 games, either somebody was hurt for a significant portion of that time, or you ain't never going to figure it out. So that's why they get fired over the holidays. It's just, that's the way the schedule falls and um, good, bad, right, wrong, indifferent, right? We're starting to feel the league solidify here. Some of the teams rising up, a, a lot of the teams uh, falling to the bottom rotations getting solidified. And I think the, the thing is about those bad teams though, their rotations won't solidify because they have bad coaches, they have bad players and that will be in flux longer than we would pretty much prefer here going in to week six. I mean, really a lot of playoffs start in that week 22 week 23 period. So as of after this week, next week, we're about a third of the way through the regular season before the playoffs start for a lot of Stanley players. And I think that's, we're going to have to like maybe do a little bit of an audit of, of the league as we, as, as we approach that one third mark, Tyler, because that kind of sig- signifies usually like late December into January starts to signify that second part of the season where it's kind of like the, you know, the games are just being played at that point. There's no new hype. There's no new players. There's no rookies to get excited about. You're kind of just watching basketball. And that's when a lot of people get a little complacent with their fantasy basketball. And I, I don't think our listeners should fall for that trap. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure on that. Yeah, there's going to be some exciting stuff over the next couple of weeks, too. Like, we, we mention this all the time. But, you know, Christmas Day is kind of the first time that the casual fan joins. The NBA. So that's something that, that I always look forward to because some people like, you know, they're definitely jumping in kind of midstream. And, and that's always interesting to me how, you know, they think some players still are what they used to be and not what they are now. And that's fun. I'm pretty sure we're two or three weeks away from Zion playing. There was a ton of hype about him, right? This preseason. So that'll yeah. be interesting to see what, what he can do. There's a lot of things still to look forward to, and that's that's really what I'm excited about. Anything that excites you about Week 6? I got a couple games I'm pretty excited to see in Week 6 myself. I'm just excited to eat 
like a lot, like a grotesque amount of turkey and stuffing. That's what I'm truly, truly excited about this this week. Now, <laughs> and, see, and watching the Bulls lose. Are you are you a man who eats the turkey and stuffing like non Thanksgiving, Christmassy, like big holidays? No, it's really just around Thanksgiving. Like I don't make stuffing or roast turkeys really outside of Thanksgiving. Like maybe occasionally Christmas, but no, nah, it's just a Thanksgiving once a year. That's what I mean. That's me too. I feel like some people like they do it more often, whether they have like Sunday dinners with their family or, or whatever, they actually get it. But like, I actually look forward to it because it's really the one time a year I eat turkey. So I am also looking forward to that. While you're listening to this on Monday, there's a game I'm looking forward to on Monday night. It is the Sixers going to the Raptors. I'm excited about that game. I feel like Joel Embiid might murder someone, and I'm excited about that. I feel like he could have a, a giant night. And that Toronto team is just really scrappy, and they're fun to watch. So I'm excited about that game. I'm excited about Tuesday's Clippers coming to Dallas to see if Kawhi Leonard can be the only man on the face of the earth that can slow down Luka Doncic. That might be the case because the, 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 the Rockets could not slow him down at all. And that Rockets team, we could talk about this if you want, real basketball for a second. James Harden, amazing. Russell Westbrook does a fantastic job of running their offense when James Harden gets a rest. So they are going to score a ton of points. They're going to be one of the highest efficiency offenses, right? Like officers, like offensive rating and stuff like that. They're going to be one of the top ones in the league. Their defense is in trouble, and it's going to probably hurt them again in the playoffs if they don't make changes because P.J. Tucker is their four slash five. Like when Capella goes off, they try to play him as a five some. Well, so the Mavericks started Dwight Powell, and then they bring, they brought in Maxi Cleaver. Clint Capella guarded that person, whichever one was on the court, when he was on the court which left their options to guard Chris Depps Porzingis to be Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, or James Harden. They often use James Harden. You can guess how that went. In my opinion. Yeah, like that. And like they don't have like a very sexy brand of basketball to watch anyway. So I, I certainly could see where teams, really just fans in general, are going to be like, well, they can't play defense and their offense is super boring, even though like it is a statistically a very, very good offense. I think just a lot of people are going to be rooting against the Houston Rockets as the season goes on. And I don't know. I just, I haven't seen the Rockets ever overcome that general, like all like fan base NBA type of fan hate that they, they get every season. They usually just choke. And, and I don't even know that it's that watch a James Harden game. And think about the amount of energy that man is expending. Yeah. Now think about him doing it 70 times in the regular season and another 16 wins to win a championship. And you don't sweep the playoffs. So you're talking another 25 or 30 times to win the championship. It's hard to, when you're being to give that much energy planned for, right? Yeah. Like when you're they're shaping the, uh, the, the defense around everything you can possibly do. It's exhausting. And, We've seen him like just basically disappear from the ability to make a shot multiple times over multiple playoffs. And, and the Mavericks did this to him today. They doubled him pretty much every time he got the ball because 
make one of these other guys shoot a three and beat you because that's the D'Antoni offense, right? Capella's in the paint. Someone guards him. Two guys guard James Harden. And the rest of the dudes are planted around the three-point line to make a three. The Rockets finished 10 of 44 on three-pointers today. It's it's hard, man, because like they don't have a ton of really good shooters, especially with Eric Gordon and those guys out. So now they're relying on Russell Westbrook to shoot a good amount of threes. And, you know, Russell Westbrook's good at a lot of things, but three-point shooting is not one of them. Daniel House is probably not a fantastic three-point shooter. You know what I mean? Like, if any team needed a guy like Seth Curry, it was the Rockets, right? Like, that's the perfect guy for them because he can just stand out there and freaking knock it down. And they just don't have a lot of those guys. And so their team is a little odd. And... It'll be interesting to watch. I mean, they're they're it's an interesting story to follow because you know James Harden wills them to so many victories during the regular season, and it's just hard to do that you know time after time after time, especially in the playoffs when everybody's double teaming you and making some of those other guys make the shots, and that just hasn't happened yet, and I don't really think it's ever gonna happen. Touch on the one thing you do great: always working, always, and you have these more versatile teams in both with the Clippers in LA Dallas is, is, is a pretty versatile team as well. I would put them in, in, in the discussion at least a little bit. And then Denver, you know, who's a great regular season team has a lot of like had a lot of really good runs in the, in, in the games in the playoff last year. So like, I think all those teams are kind of up there in um, potential coming out of the West type teams even the you know the jazz are still trying to figure out themselves once they're in full swing the jazz are really going to be hard to score on oh yeah for sure that west isn't as deep as we thought it was going to be i I don't think portland's coming back man i just don't know the the no forwards plan did not work out but that top of the west is just Man, they're they're phenomenal. There's a lot of really really good teams, and a lot of teams I'm I'm really excited about. Like, you know, you mentioned you mentioned most of them, and then the the funny, maybe the most interesting, not funny, but the most interesting part will be who takes that seventh and eighth seed. Yeah, I'm really rooting for the you know the Suns and, and the T Wolves who are in seven and eight right now, simply because they just like you know I know the T Wolves like kind of you know almost made the playoffs and like the suns never so, made the playoffs i kind of want them to like i kind of want them to see the playoffs assuming this kind of plays out for another 5 or 10 games it's going to be a super interesting story regardless of who takes it because portland or san antonio or both right come back from a ways down and make the playoffs which that's a story right like an interesting story like hey they righted the ship you know they did a lot of cool things you mentioned it. Those two teams are Sacramento, who's currently in ninth, make the playoffs for the first time in a long time, and then sitting there in tenth, a very interesting Pelicans team that if they get Zion back, could they kind of make a run at one of those spots? So, that offense was Zion, which was really sad just not to see it. I think they were like completely building a, a an offense around just getting him uh, downhill runs towards the basket and then like having them cut from like literally anywhere on the court and dunking the shit out of the ball, which was really fun to watch. Does that translate to a ton of wins? Probably translates to more wins than they have now. I'm not sure it translates to enough wins to get to the playoffs. I'm with you there. I'm not betting on them to make playoffs, but my point is it's going to be an interesting story, whichever team makes. 
So you got kind of the big six up there at the top that I think I think all six of those teams are pretty locked in. Like I don't really see the Jazz, Rockets, Mavericks, Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers going anywhere. I think those probably are the top six seeds when we look back at it at the end of the season, you know, barring a massive injury to a key player on one of those teams. But those last two spots are wide open. And, you know, can Oklahoma City sneak in there with the Chris Paul and Shea Gilders Alexander like None of those teams, well, but none of those teams look fantastic to me right now. Like the Suns have won some games, but they're four and six in their last 10. So they're slipping a little bit. You know what I mean? Like those two spots are wide open as far as I, as, as far as I can see right now. And I think any of those teams, I mean, I think Golden State's out of it. They look bad and they're running out some, I mean, we talked about this a lot, right? They're running out some subpar players, but any of those other teams, if they snuck in there, I can't say that I'd be like, I can't believe they made it. It's like, it was like the East was last year in that, you know, kind of seventh and eighth spot where you're like, man, any of these teams could make it. And I, any, I of these, that way. any of these trash teams could make it. And like, I, you know, the, the, the West is, is much better than the East still. That's no surprise. I think to anybody who pays attention in the BA, but you're right. I think those, those last two spots are up for grabs. And I, I think the last three spots in the East are up for grabs as well you, with you know you Miami being that team that has come out of the pack. And you mentioned it as as the Bulls are like, you know, they're they're so bad, right? You like to to play that narrative. terrible. They're one game out of that eighth spot right now. That's really depressing. We're never going to get a dra- good draft pick and we're never going to win a playoff game. So That's great. what I mean and it's like the Wizards are right there. The Hornets are right there. Like teams we thought were going to be real bad. So that, that's fun, man. That's fun. And you mentioned it. Miami and Dallas are the two teams that have, you know, been much better than expected. And I think, you know, they're both, they're kind of similar stories, right? They've got some players that have come out of nowhere a little bit. They've got a superstar. So yeah, I mean, that's fun. And the, I'm not sure. Heat, so anyone one thing should that, have doubted like Luka Doncic, like especially in that draft, but also I don't think everyone should, anyone should ever doubt Jimmy Butler's ability to take a team to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you there. What's what's fun about that that Monday Raptors game I talked about earlier is there's only three teams that that or sorry four teams that haven't lost a home game. They're Boston, Miami, Toronto, and Philly. So Philly's got a chance to end Toronto's home winning streak. They've won their first six at home on Monday, so that'll be interesting. And the Sixers have been pretty bad on the road. Actually, they're four and five. So that's kind of a cool storyline to watch. The Magic are are my favorite team right now because they're zero and six on the road. Six and three at home, zero and six on the road. I don't even know how that happens. That's incredible. I guess like when you leave the nice warm weather of Orlando, you you fall apart. I don't know. Maybe that's something we can watch. We can watch you, for when you leave the mediocre food and the cesspool that is Orlando. You just you, you, the magic isn't there. The magic is not there when you when you have to travel anywhere else that has culture. The strange. The strangest team is the Timberwolves. They're three and six at home and five and two on the road. That is that is very very strange. It's gonna be a fun. Uh, it's already a fun year. We're almost a third of the way through. We're almost a third of the way through the um, the fantasy season. We're headed our way to being a third of the way through to the actual NBA season. And I I feel like it's been a much more entertaining season than usual. I think it's been a much more entertaining fantasy season than usual. Minus all the injuries, that's been always really really sad but like ratings are down on you know on tnt and espn which is a, a little bit surprising to me i'm i don't know i, I don't i think a lot the of big things names. like i mentioned the big names Casual are out fans. right 
So yeah, like the Durant, the Curry, you know, those guys are not playing. So that's part of it. The other part of it too, is I think the ratings are always a little bit down at the beginning because people are into football and they're into soccer and they're into this and they're into that. And then, you know, once those things, you know, start going down and, you know, you, you see it every week in, in football now. Once your team kind of starts living from that playoff race, you know, less and less people get interested in that and they're turning into basketball. So I think it's all coming. It's all coming around. And, you know, we need players like Luka Doncic that are young and, you know, making a name for themselves as a superstar. Like the league needs superstars, man. It needs superstars to survive. And so we're seeing a couple maybe new superstars and in Luka Doncic and Pascal Siakam and guys like that. And that's fun. I, I, there's a lot of new guys who have come up and are making that leap. A lot of like a that's I think the fun part about this season is that while some of these superstars are out, there's a lot of players making that leap, and I think a lot of them are showing through this like good sample size that we have. It's not a great sample size, but a solid sample size that there are a lot more quality players in the NBA than there ever have been before. And I actually think there's a lot. Like I was looking at my top 100 for coming into the season i had more than 100 players in it and i was like that's not how numbers work and i've found even more players that i would consider possibly in my top 100 so like it's going to be a i think it's a real kind of gener i wouldn't say a generation defining but it is a is definitely a generational shift and a talent shift and a player shift in, in both nba and fantasy basketball you know some of these guys like lebron getting older still out there but like the new crop is coming into their own and that changes the uh, the guard in fantasy basketball, and we're going to see a lot of new players in the top ten, top twenty, top thirty this year, and that's that's good, that's positive. And we've talked about this for the last couple of years, you know, that it's been almost all the same names. You know, we saw guys like Giannis and, and Carl Towns jump in, but the other seven or eight in that top ten had been pretty steady and pretty solid. And then even like you know, kind of that top of the second round, it was you know guys like Damian Lillard and Jimmy Butler and. You know, we'd seen for three or four years, five years, like the same names over and over again. And so we need those new guys to come in. And that's good, right? That's positive. And, you know, people should get excited about those. those. I completely agree. I think that is it for kind of a one-third of the way recap that you got on Extra because there's not a whole lot to talk about going into the Thanksgiving week with these nasty, you know, double-digit games on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So, if you got any questions, Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you want to support the show, please rate and review us or go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Subscribe. You will get exclusive access to our quick hit podcasts. Or if you like to do daily fantasy, my favorite daily fantasy is draft.com, where you actually draft against other players. You don't just like pick random guys who are worth less money than other guys and everybody has the same similar roster and usually get uh, lucked out of money because uh, brian forbes had a good night or some shit like i get get that out of here (laughs) draft.com you draft if you're good at fantasy basketball you'll be good at draft.com use the promo code htb hashtag basketball and you'll get an entry to free entry to your first draft and that's a pretty good deal i think and i I'm, I'm cleaning up still on draft.com, Tyler. I've lost a, a few more than the start of the season, but I'm still, I'm ahead. I'm ahead money, Tyler, and that's a good, good feeling. There's one thing draft.com needs to do, and that's like give you the ability to to let me challenge you so I can whoop you. I'm, I want our friend draft.com to help me out with this. Figure out to let me know. I'm sure there's a way. I'm just not skilled enough to do it. 
the way I can challenge Mike and dominate him in draft.com. If we just have to log on at the same time, I'm going to look into that Tyler, but I think that's it for week six and we will catch you all real soon. Enjoy your holidays and have a great one.